0: Visit GeoAL.com and learn how GeoAL implements next generation intelligence advancement technologies to aid the Department of Defense with precision and expertise analysis.
1: <laughs>
0: GeoAL.
1: The new era of intelligence.
0: Welcome to the Veteran Business Collective Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Did you read that book? No, I haven't. No, it's he, not that good. He wrote not a not that book good. called
1: Green Lights? <laughs> oh, so yeah, he's,
0: he's an author now? Okay. He, uh, he's journaled his whole life, I guess. Okay. And then was just bored, so he wrote a book about lessons learned, and he called it Green Lights. Didn't Fair know enough. I'm, oh,
1: I'm always kind of weary about things like that, which... It's because there's a person who's exceptionally good at something and naturally you give them a, benefit of, a doubt, benefit of the doubt that because of that, maybe they're exceptionally introspective or thoughtful or good at something
2: else. And sometimes that's just not the case. <laughs> it's, it's the authority fallacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it all the time, mm-hmm. right? If, if someone's a, a medical doctor or a professor... You automatically ascribe uh, a level of authority on various other subjects that they have absolutely no Mm -hmm. domain expertise in, Mm -hmm. just because they're really good at that one thing. And you associate that, like you said, with some sort of maybe innate knowledge that you don't have, which just isn't the case. So you see all these talking heads on TV all the time, Mm -hmm. retired colonel analyzing whatever, like... He didn't even do that in the military you know Mm -hmm. now he's yeah now he's the expert on on all this stuff but the authority fallacy (laughs) but we're already live so this is cool uh we should go ahead and uh do intros nice do intros chase uh roth here and as always avery washington yes joined today by skylar witt with crawl space ninjas yep and cedar ridge management cedar ridge management Mm. absolutely absolutely thanks for being here man appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. We've, we've kind of known each other uh, on the peripheries for, gosh, at least a year now, right? Yeah, I mean, I
0: knew of you, I guess, six years ago. Well, we, yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
2: Had, we had some encounters through the, the Raider community, mm-hmm. I think, but uh, I guess I was more referring to our recent Bus- encounters with your business and you starting up crawl space ninjas here mm-hmm. and uh you know, your interactions with the veteran business collective and that sort of thing. Um uh, but yeah, we do have some history that goes back a little further than that. Yeah. What about what about you guys? Have you met previously? We
1: have worked together. Actually, uh, the first time we met, it was on a dive site. I had just come off my last deployment and so I was a like a free fall JM and a combatant dive supervisor and I needed to get current again. So I hopped on a I don't know if it was a dive or dive soup course you were doing, but I hopped on one of their training events so I could get current again as a dive soup to do all of the post deployment training events for everyone else to get current when they redeployed essentially.
0: Yeah. It was cold.
1: It was slightly cold average.
2: Somebody forgot a wetsuit. Wasn't this guy, was it? Was it me? Uh, did you forget to wet suit? Uh, I felt Ray? bad for you. I don't know. I I have <laughs> he more than anyway, one. <laughs>
1: I yep. have more than one cold <laughs> diving story. That's why i like can't remember. It one, it's quite possible. But just to go, uh, down a rabbit hole real quick. So we had one. I was trying to put together a dive team. Marsac had just put together like what makes a jump team, what makes a dive team, their criteria of it, and I, I was in the only team in third that had enough people to actually pull it off. So I'd planned all these training events. This was January 5th or 6th. So we go out there, and the master diver's like, hey, if the water is 49 degrees, we can't do the dive because we don't have this piece that goes into the rig to keep it from freezing over. They go out, do the temperature, it's 51 degrees. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why? right, so we go out there. supposed to be 500 meter Uh, dive, like really quick an hour later or like we finish (laughs) for a 15-minute dive i get up i stand up and there's water in my dry suit from the knee down so everybody's like get him out the dry suit get him out the dry!" because you have to sit there for 10 minutes of clean time so we don't really think anything of it by the end of this 10 minutes i'm sitting on the ground like <laughs> just shaking, looking crazy. And they're like, get, get him in the car, turn on the heat. So I'm sitting in this car by myself, just shaking up and down. It like, looks like a low rider, just nuts. So I think I have a couple of those experiences where I just can't separate one from the other. Mm-hmm. But I probably forgot my wetsuit.
2: <laughs> all, your, all your hypothermic experiences just <laughs> combine together in one long, miserable memory. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Back to you though. <laughs> <laughs> so, Skyler, uh, tell us about yourself, man. Um, I know, are you still in now? Or are you out? No, I uh, got out
0: one October last
2: year. Okay, so not, not quite a year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many years did you end up doing all together? Eleven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us about
0: your military time. Uh, five years as an infantry officer with two six, and then five years as a team commander with Marsoc. Oh. Training time, and then team commander. Okay. So five five total years Mm -hmm. marsock and then uh, decided you're going to move on, do something different? Yeah, I mean, the military was always uh, the plan until it wasn't a plan. Okay. Um, I knew a decision point was getting married and reevaluating my life. So got married right before I went to uh, ITC. Um, Yeah, and then— Just wasn't wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Things had had changed a lot, and I didn't need to do it anymore. So, just did some some soul searching and put some business plans together, and decided to jump out and disconnect my RSL and uh, go for a ride. Um, Yeah, any. You want me to keep going, or yeah, man, we just, yeah.
2: just hear the story. What, is, uh, what was that like? Um, you know, eleven years act, excited thirteen years, and then just same thing. Just jump cold, no, uh, mm-hmm. no support, no lifeline, nothing. Straight into the business world. You know, kind of like you're doing.
0: Um, what was that like for you? You know, when you're going real fast, you're not thinking, mm-hmm. um, or not not feeling. I should say. Uh, just got out and started executing, Okay. Um, never had the, oh my God, what's going to happen with life now that I'm out. Um, I'd say for anybody that's in the military thinking of getting out, if you just take what you're taught, um, the, the Marine Corps planning process, you know, the decision-making models that you have, or even just the, the five paragraph, five paragraph order in Met TC. And you, you think about how can I, how can I apply that to business or to the rest of my life? Um, it's really all you have to do. For for Crawl Space Ninja, I we, we literally went through MDMP. Um, we, we framed the problem. We we came up with what needed to happen. We, we put together an execution checklist, and we just executed the events in order that they had to happen. Now, is this – did you do that
2: like, – is that how you plan out your jobs for Crawl Space Ninja, or is that how you – Decided to get
0: into Crawl Space Danger. Okay. Yeah, that's how I decided. I, so backing up, I, I came up with uh, evaluation criteria for franchising. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then I used that to pick my franchise. I, I dove in pretty seriously to seven different franchises looked at their FDD, and, and looked at all their financials. Um, evaluated all of that with who the franchisor, franchisor was against my evaluation criteria, and then picked one. Okay, um, what, what were some of the ones, you don't have to name the names, but like,
2: were they all in the same kind of industry? Like the ones that didn't make the cut, Like what, what ended no, up? I, I
0: was industry agnostic. Okay. I, I just cared about a service-based business that was leading people to do to serve people. Wait, so, so you were—it was all service-based. You were mm-hmm. looking at
2: restaurants, or
0: no? Okay, yeah. So restaurants is, is very capital-intensive, mm-hmm. with actually very low margins. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wanted a a two-to-one initial investment to gross sales uh, ratio, um, and yeah, the investment or the investment—the the restaurant industry is very very tough. Yeah, they got small small margins um, and a lot of capital at risk. So so you're on. You started this while you were on active duty, right? Mm-hmm. So,
2: you were you're sitting there and you're like, "All right, I think I want to go into business." How did you do, How did you even make that decision that you wanted to go into business, vice leave the military and have a job?
0: Um, I was lucky enough to watch or to listen or read "Rich Dad Poor Dad" in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw my mother and her brothers inherit a lot of money and then lose it all because they didn't know how to handle money. Yep. Um, and, and seeing that and then seeing the decisions they made with, with comparing it to what I read in Rich Dad Poor Dad really helped me figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, what were some of those
2: uh, things that influenced you in that book that influenced your thought process towards business ownership?
0: Uh, trading time for money versus building an asset. Um, You know, I'd I'd much rather work once and get paid for the rest of my life than continue to go to work and get paid only for the time I put in. Um, My dad was a a great cabinet maker, self-employed, didn't have anything to show for it at the end because he wasn't getting paid if he wasn't working, so he wasn't building the business. My mom was a a teacher. Um, And, yeah, just, just comparing that with, you know, rich dad talking about, Build assets first. You can have nice things if you buy things to pay for them. Um, he, he talked a lot about you know residual income. Um, so I started investing in real estate pretty, pretty early on. Bought my first rental in 2010. That was going to be my retirement plan. So my first course of action when I joined was 20 years in the military, 10 properties at the end, and then retire. Um, Couldn't live off of my portfolio at the end of 10 years and didn't want to because I want to keep reinvesting stuff. So I had to come up with a a new cash flow plan, right, because Uncle Sam wasn't going to give it to me anymore. Um, So I I put together a a real estate acquisitions business model, Uh, thought about going out and bringing in a lot of outside capital and kind of doing a single-family home acquisition thing on steroids, um, but I still had another deployment, I still had some things that I had to go to um, and couldn't kind of do it concurrently. It was also very time intensive. Um, my wife is really good at, at running things, but not quite as good at creating them. So I, I couldn't be half involved and let her run with it. I okay. could be holistically involved and we could get it to a place and she'd make everything better and take it farther. But there's like that bridge that I needed to be there for, um, and franchising provided that bridge. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. So so what was it about uh, cross Space Ninjas that made you say, yeah, let's do it? Uh,
0: so my financial metrics, um, I wanted to be able to do at least a million dollars in revenue uh, by the end of my second year. Um, I needed a, a two-to-one initial investment to gross revenue thing. My first year, um, I forget I had five financial metrics, and then the intangible was what's the character of the franchisor. Um, I wanted to learn about business with somebody that that was a man of character, that that was humble, uh, that was willing to walk with me. Um, and Michael Church, the, the president of, of Crawl Space Ninja, just a, a very godly man that that is all of these things. You know, he's he's probably seventeen years ahead of me in his entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Um, obviously he has a lot of great things going for him. The the coolest thing is that he knows he doesn't have everything figured out and he shares all of his lessons learned with us. So those things coupled with the the financial metrics, it was a Really a no-brainer. We actually signed the FDD, the financial disclosure agreement, um, while on my way to my last deployment.
2: Okay, cool. For some Wi-Fi. That's pretty cool (laughs) that you
0: you leaned into it like
2: that and and got out ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds like you picked a a pretty great company to partner with. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, This is all my team, and this is all Michael Church. We did... Uh, over a million dollars in our first 12 months wow that's excellent yeah 11 months in like seven days we get a million dollars how how big of an area do you cover um we cover regularly an hour outside of wilmington okay Uh, but we'll go farther out if somebody really needs it and we'll just charge them a little bit more put our guys up in a hotel or an airbnb Mm -hmm. to to do the job now for people who don't know what a crawl
2: space ninja is <coughs> maybe a little clarification like I grew up in Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, and if I had not lived out here for the last 20 years I would not even know what a crawl space is because we have basements mm-hmm. so what's a what's a crawlspace ninja
0: a uh, third-degree certified mold killer Ooh. Um, nice so <laughs> crawl spaces are it's a foundation type um, it's a raised house between 18 inches and five feet. Um, the way homes have been built and are continued to be built for the the homeowners' uh, deficit is they you know they put a brick skirt around this house that they, they raise on stilts or piers, and they put vents in the in the foundation every six feet, um, thinking that. You know airflow is gonna keep mold away um, mold needs three things to grow it needs high humidity it needs food so wood the thing your foundation's made from mm. um, and then oxygen so mm-hmm. those the if those three things exist you got mold growth and from May to September in wilmington um, excuse me under just outside the humidity as you guys know is between you know 75 and 95% all the time. So vents are really bad for, for houses on crawl spaces, but they're everywhere.
2: So yeah, especially out here, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So we
0: fix that problem. Well, how do you do that? Uh, <clears throat> so we, first we, we go out and do a, a free inspection and give people a, advice on, on what's going on in their crawl space. Okay. Uh, we take a lot of pictures, videos. We really like to position ourselves side by side. With the homeowner and walk them through this educational experience about, you know, how was building science done back then? It's led to these issues that you have. These are the causes of these issues, and then it's 2022 now. So this is how building science has advanced, and this is the way to fix them. Um, so during that process, kind of what your question is is how do you fix them? Right. Um, so we'll remove the the fiberglass insulation that's in all the floors um, that was never made to be in floors, but it's, it's put down there every day. Mm. Um, it, it's like a sponge, so it soaks up humidity mm-hmm. and just puts it right next to the floor joists in the subfloor. Mm-hmm. So they just soak up all that, all that water that's coming out of the air. Um, so we remove that. We'll seal up all of the uh, vents. We'll put in a temporary dehumidifier. Um, we'll get the humidity below 60% and the moisture content of the wood below 20%. Then we'll come in with a, uh, a soda blaster, which is like a, a sand blaster, but with baking soda. And we'll blast all the fungal growth away. Um, this process removes the first layer of wood, like the first micro layer, like, you know, milli- half a millimeter. Okay. Um, really restores the wood, makes it look new. Y- you guys have all seen weathered wood, right? Right, yeah. yes. After the soda blasting, it looks... Br- it's it- like a sanding kind of. Yeah. Okay. hmm um, so we remove the fungal growth. We come in with an antimicrobial after that, and we chemically treat everything to make sure that the mold is extremely dead. And then we put on a latex barrier that we spray directly on the wood so the mold can't come back. Um, it removes the organic material because we're putting, you know, rubber on the wood. Wow. So in the event of a hurricane, mm-hmm. power outages, dehumidifier doesn't work. Mold spores can't embed themselves in the wood because we put that barrier on um, once that's done, then we insulate the walls of the crawl space instead of the, the subfloor. Um, because, what do you what do you use for insulation on concrete? Uh, we use a, a two-inch uh, termite-resistant foam board. Okay, kind of like styrofoam, uh, but with some some termite treatment on it. Uh, something that you can't buy at Lowe's. It's it's pretty thick. Okay, um, it's not the like blue or purple stuff that you see walking down the insulation aisle all right um, i've never heard of anybody doing that that's why i asked it's interesting yeah so there's two ways you can insulate the floors in a crawl space one is the floors themselves and you're supposed to do that if the if the vents are open because you, the, the temperature is changing under the house because mm-hmm. the vents are open um, diving actually is a good way to understand how air pressure in the crawl space affects your home Okay, I'll tell you about that in just one second. Um, so when you seal the vents off, the air isn't changing under the in the crawl space anymore. So you, the changing air is now outside, and the barrier is the wall. So you insulate the wall.
2: Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so the diving thing, remember like all the uh, ambient pressure change and like yes. the I'm, I'm, uh, one atmosphere pressure, you know, mm-hmm. one atm. So. That's happening in your crawl space. Okay. The entire atmosphere is pushing down, pushing air into your house. Your roof is made to vent hot air because you don't want mold growth up there. Certainly. So you have air flow, hot air coming out of your ridge vent or your gable vent. That pulls air from your living space into your attic. Okay. That pulls air from the crawl space into the living space. That ambient tension, all the all the pressure coming into the crawl mm-hmm. helps that airflow up hmm. so when you live on a crawl unless it's been encapsulated properly 51 percent of the air in your house is coming from a crawl space
2: oh wow. wow i did not know I that i never heard of that yep. before yeah that's frightening yeah because because crawl spaces are nasty mm-hmm. <laughs> like super mm-hmm. nasty you ever dove in a crawl space avery no <laughs> no if
1: you not. want
0: to come
2: no, I'll be honest. That I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, let me see what I got going on tomorrow. They're, uh,
2: they're, not, they're not a pleasant place to spend time. Mm-mm. I mean, they're not bad in July and August because it's always cooler in one of those than it is outside uh-huh. or in an attic mm-hmm. or some other place that you could be. But uh, they're gross, especially around here. Mm-hmm. I guess until you guys come along, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you could
0: hang out down there. Oh, you want to hang out down there. So you so you stop that insulating the walls? Yep. So then we encapsulate. So we bring up a a twelve mil single ply uh, piece of poly. We leave a we start three inches from the sill plate, we come down over the foam foam board insulation, we come away from the walls uh, two feet, and then we put down ground poly and we seam everything together. So it's you have one piece of plastic that is your crawl space when we're done. Wow. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds like a super labor intensive process it is i mean you talked about removing insulation (coughs) setting up uh dehumidifiers soda blasting coating Mm -hmm. all that stuff before you even get around to doing the actual encapsulation how long something like that take
0: um about a week for one one crawl space yeah it's longer and shorter i forgot to mention if there's a water problem in the crawl space we'll dig a, a french drain On the inside of the crawl that is goes around the perimeter so right next to the footer the entire length of the crawl space and we'll put one sub pump every 140 feet
2: that sounds like uh, a ton of fun to try and dig a trench in an 18 inch Mm -hmm. high crawl space
0: it's very labor intensive
2: do you do this work yourself i have yeah you have um so i'm sure you probably get these jokes a lot you know i'm gonna small guy and you're a large guy mm-hmm. I have been in crawl spaces where I don't think you'd fit through the opening how, well, how is it for you to try to try to work
0: in a crawl space um, well we send the biggest guys in first <laughs> yep. because just, if I can get in just, everyone just can just get just to gauge gauge uh-huh. the uh-huh. okay alright um, I mean I'm crawling so you know sometimes I'm like think smaller thoughts think skinny thoughts <laughs> think skinny <laughs> thoughts um, but yeah we, we got a two foot minimum um you know two foot crawl space minimum most people don't know what two feet is though okay um
2: so you mean like the height of the crawl, the crawl space yeah. you need to have at least two feet of space to go mm-hmm. in and do any work mm-hmm. okay so if it's at that 18 inches you mentioned earlier like not touching it
0: we'll touch it um we have a low crawl up charge because it, it takes longer I'm it, sure, it right? takes you know at least a third longer to do a crawl that's 18 inches yeah yeah um, just think about like moving. You go ahead. from
2: hands and knees crawling to belly, belly crawling, crawling, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay,
1: I can see that. Some of these older houses, uh, even here in Wilmington, they're definitely pushing that. I've oh, seen yeah. seen some where it just the home inspector has to note that structural parts of the foundation or the wood forms are just on the ground, in, like contact with dirt. The only thing you could hope to squeeze in there is some type of
2: camera lens, mm-hmm. basically.
1: You'd have to jack up the whole house.
2: There's yeah, some type. Mm. Tight ones out there. Absolutely. So do, is there specialized equipment that you use to, like, help dig and stuff like that, or is it literally a guy in there with a hand troll digging these trenches and
0: stuff? Uh, we're pretty lucky here in Wilmington that most is sand or clay and some kind of mix. Um, so, yeah, we, we got small shovels, but we also have a, a hilti tool um, with a shovel attachment, so it's like a, a mini jackhammer oh, kind of, cool. but with a shovel attachment that's, you know, about... Probably four by six. Hmm. So it's like attached to an air compressor. Um, no, it, it's electric. Okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I have a question: Which,
1: what is, what would you say is like the apple a day for the homeowner with the crawl space, right? Maintenance wise, mm-hmm. the thing that you do to ward off significant issues beyond the routine
0: maintenance that, that needs to occur? A um, couple things. Mm-hmm. First, if you don't have an a, encapsulated crawl space, mm-hmm. get the insulation out of your floors today. It is horrible for, for floors. You've probably seen this, actually, Avery. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at a home inspection report on a house that was on a crawl, and it was built post-1960. Mm-hmm. The crawl space is the lumber. You probably got a lot more structural issues because mm-hmm. they started using new new growth in white pine that they were growing faster. So the wood was less dense and it decays a lot faster mm-hmm. uh, versus something that's downtown Wilmington built in like 1905.
1: Correct. And you, you just think, correct. how is this still <laughs> yeah. standing? Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it, how it's still standing. It, it's old wow. wood. It's okay. hardwoods. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've made that observation myself, looked at houses, and I'm like, there's no way this thing should even be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the crawl spaces you mentioned where there's a gap, if there's a gap, mm-hmm. between, and it's wet. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> the wood is not dry, or the, mm-hmm. the water, or the, the ground is not dry. The mm-hmm. wood's clearly not dry, either, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. And then you go in a house that was built 20 years ago, and it's rotting. Literally, like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can poke a screwdriver right through a truss. Yep. Uh, That's the difference, huh? Mm -hmm.
0: But, yeah, the the apple a day thing um, is after a major doctor visit. Um, Makes sense. If you're on a crawl space, it needs to be encapsulated. Um, It needs to be dehumidified, and there needs to be an exhaust fan in it. Okay. The insulation piece is some really good advice, though,
1: because I do look at a lot of home inspections as a realtor. And you see it time and again, the insulation hanging, it's just turning gross, mm-hmm. and you wonder how much it's actually doing for the home in the first place. Is um, it doing anything?
0: No. Okay. Uh, as soon as it gets wet, it loses its R value. Mm-hmm. Uh, fiberglass insulation has a three to seven year life because it's going to get wet, it's going to rust out the hangers, it's going to fall. Um yeah, it's, y- so you're the, much the better stuff off. Stuff that's 30 years old in my crawl space is definitely not doing any good yeah. anymore. When we're done
2: here, go remove it. <laughs> that bad, huh? No, I'm serious. <laughs> All right. I've uh.
1: even seen spray foam where the joists are rotting inside the spray foam, and the spray foam
2: hides it. Mm-hmm. That's why they. need you have it. to remove. All yeah, the spray I've seen foam. them where the mm-hmm. sellers will go spray foam stuff just to to hide the damage. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've seen that too. But yeah,
0: encapsulate your crawl space, okay. and then we can talk about an apple a day.
1: Good to know. All right.
0: Um, yeah. So you went from
2: startup to a million in the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your What's your team like? I mean, did you start? Did you go heavy into it and hire a bunch of people right out the gate? Like, I've got sales guys, I've got this thing, and just steamrolled it? Or was it, man, I'm growing so quick, I got to add people? Like, how'd you you do it?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, You know, you can accomplish a lot more in life when you don't care who gets the credit. Um, I I think the military really enabled me to feel comfortable just delegating things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, one, I couldn't have done any of this without my business partner. Andrew Davis. Um, we both have the perfect personality to to complement each other, um, and yeah, we would not be anywhere where we are now without him. So having him uh, is why one reason we're here. The other, we hired uh, three people to start: uh, two technicians and then one sales guy. The sales guy, though, washed out on day two of training. That's that was uh, intense. It was a, yeah. wow. <laughs> Some longevity out of that guy. Uh So I picked up the sales torch. Okay. Um, I ran us from April to July. I think I was looking for somebody to hire. You know, from from probably May, May to July, and it was just really tough to find a a sales rep. Um, Finally, found one. Brought him on board in July. Um, and gained an appreciation for sales professionals. Um, In what way? What do you mean by that? Sales is done wrong. So many, I mean, you think of a salesman, what's the first image that comes to mind? Uh, Some guy that knocks on
2: my door in the middle of the afternoon and makes my dogs go crazy and angers my wife and wakes up
0: the sleeping kid right. and everything else not positive yeah yeah I think of a used yeah. car salesman yeah
1: pushy transactional Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: or a verizon <laughs> phone
2: guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or any of the other brands i guess too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh so because sales is done wrong you know most salesmen aren't what i want, want aren't, you know we want winners on, on crawlspace ninja's team um we have a, a very thorough sales methodology um, that, that takes a lot of buy-in and it takes a lot of perseverance. So we, we have a, a script um, that when done poorly or w- with less enthusiasm is really corned and canny. And it's really hard to break through the, the rote memorization to it just sounds like the person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so finding somebody that, that could emotionally understand that uh, and then had the perseverance to to learn our methodology and then once they had it, you know, at a conscious competence level, fight through until it was an unconscious competence and it just became part of them. It was really hard to find. I'm I'm four for one right now. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you found one. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: It was July
0: no no i found one in july all right but okay. he's one of the three that one of the washouts yeah. he's okay. he was a great guy okay he just he decided he didn't want to do sales he's on our team still he's a, in production
2: oh okay, okay. Yeah. so yeah, just he just found another place for him mm-hmm. in the company that's good yeah that's cool
0: real cool so yeah, how he, many sales guys do you have now uh two okay one higher and then me
2: okay so you're still doing sales yeah gotcha right on how big's your team overall now uh, we got 13 on the team. Wow, okay. That's excellent. So you started mm-hmm. with two, and now you have 13. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. All employees. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we have a a branch manager, an office manager, a project manager, two teams, um, and a sales rep.
1: Very cool. Mm-hmm. With the With the salesperson that transitioned to another role, right, I think— there are a lot of folks who may have just ended up letting go of a person who'd otherwise be really capable of another role. What allowed you to recognize maybe this is not the best fit, but I think they would work really well in this capacity? Mm -hmm. One, and if you can get into it, how did you approach that, right? Because it can be a little awkward, like, "Mm, you're kind of fired but just from this. Right? (laughs) So, uh, those two things, I Mm -hmm. guess are... You've been
2: promoted out of sales into production. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it's all about
0: communication. (laughs) We talked about this earlier. How things are presented matter, right?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, I'll say a a couple things. Again, pulling on my military time. If you have a standard and you hold somebody to the standard, Mm -hmm. but you do it in a way that's loving, they're never upset because you, you don't get mad at them for not meeting meeting the bar you know they're trying hard if if, if they are really a person of character mm-hmm. it, it's just not it might be the right person but they're in the wrong seat uh, so c- kind of that framework and then just the the fatherly coaching um, made them really want to be a part of our team Mm-hmm and I, I had a kid last year and got out of the military, so I, I didn't have the capacity to sell. So he really stepped up um, and, and although his numbers weren't what they should have been, mm-hmm. um, I'm indebted to him because of how he helped my family out because he, he took the sales torch um, when it needed to be taken. So, But more directly, like how do we get him into another seat? Uh, for any business owner out there, um, I highly recommend reading Traction. Um, by Gino Wickman. Okay. Um, he's going to highlight a an entrepreneurial operating system is what he, he names it. Have you guys heard of the book? Yep. I have okay. heard of the book. Um, are you, have you read, you read it? I have not read it, okay. no. So, you know, just like Mac, Windows, Linux, they're all operating systems that you can access Safari or, you know, whatever internet browser from. The, the entrepreneurial operating system is – the, this operating system that you can open a coffee shop, that you could be a realtor, that you could open a crawl space business, that you could open a, a financial firm. Like, it, it's just this model of how to do things. Not, not what to do, but how to do them. <laughs> um, and they have a, a, a people model in there. Um, and, and part of that is this people analyzer. Um, and you take your core values... And then you have a, a bar, you know, a standard for your core values. So he recommends having, I think, three to seven core values. We have five. And you, you rank people plus if they do it all the time, plus minus if they do a core value some of the time, and then minus if they don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. So I'd sit down with this guy and say, hey, this is the bar, you know, and these are your goals, um, and how do you think you're doing right now? And he was honest, he, you know. And I was honest. And because he wanted to learn how to be a sales rep, and he was really putting in the effort, there was never a, we got to get rid of you right now. Because I'm doing this to develop people, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It, so, w-
1: it never became confrontational. No. Right. OK.
0: Um, and because he was giving it you know, a good college try, um, yeah, I, I was just working with him. I'd go go on ride-alongs with him. He'd he'd screw up a sale. I knew we needed money revenue, so I'd pick it up. I'd make the sale. We'd you know talk about you were doing this. Did you see the result? He was like, Yeah, I'm glad you jumped in. It's like, Yep, you know, this is what you were doing, and that's the outcome you get. This is what you need to do, and this is the outcome you'll get. Mm-hmm. And then by just holding him accountable, once he had the opportunity to get out because I hired two more sales reps, he came to me and said, Skylar, I really love the company. I really want to stay with you guys. Um, sales just isn't working out for me. I don't like it. Can I do something else? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he initiated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did
2: you become so good at, at sales? Was it part of the training that you, you received from the franchiser or was it something that was already in your background?
0: I'm searching for a... a a quote Um, I had to (laughs) okay but not everybody that has to do a thing is able Mm -hmm. to pull it off but you were Um, I don't know I I was an athlete so I'm very coachable Um, one of my philosophies of life is everything you want somebody else has done so don't figure out how to do it yourself just go ask for help and shut up and listen Um, so I just reached out found people that were good at selling, bought into the the sales methodology that we have at CrossBase Ninja that our franchisor provided Mm -hmm. and just learned it and then executed. (laughs) I wasn't very good in the beginning. It took me, so I started selling in April, uh, April, May. I sold, uh, May was the first month that I I annualized a million dollars. So I sold like $84,000 my third month. Um it was over the moon. Yeah. <laughs> of course you should have been, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean he just opened. Um yeah. the a guy that we, we just brought on board um finished training in February and in uh March he sold hundred and thirty four thousand dollars.
1: Wow. That's excellent.
0: Yeah. Good um, for him. And you. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh the how I just listened and applied. You know I've never been very good at anything when I first start. I just got more willpower than mm-hmm. than everybody else and will make sure I'll stay up as late as I need to, I'll wake up as early as I have to. Okay. You know, I've j- just like in the military, um, you know, people are dependent upon you. I now got if if our organization doesn't sell, twelve families don't eat. Mhm. So I'd say out of neat necessity.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. With
1: that, this came up earlier. So you mentioned that you'd been in for eleven years, mm-hmm. right? And I similarly, I got out at twelve years. The difference being, I didn't have a family, right? I, I see a lot of folks transitioning and they have people depending on them. So one. What are some of the considerations you took with ensuring that you were you were preparing as best you could for that transition to mm-hmm. be capable of looking after your family? and what are some things someone else in that same position or a year behind you could be thinking of discussing with their spouse preparing to do that's looking at taking similar steps? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, start saving. <laughs> Seems like a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, have, a say, have a rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. Um, do everything you can to get on a skill bridge or soft care coalition program. Um, just a, a wonderful opportunity to, to figure out what you're going to do and if you're going to Open a business or do something that, that's a little more entrepreneurial. You, you got a mm-hmm. little runway to to get it going. So I was blessed to have that opportunity. Um, just have a plan and work your plan. Okay. Um, yeah, start saving right now. Uh, call Avery if you need to buy an investment property. Start doing that right now.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: That and then, And then call uh, you to have <laughs> yeah. it managed. Correct. Right? And, what, and it's Cedar Ridge? Yeah, Cedar Ridge Management. management. Okay. Yeah. We spent most time talking about Crawl Space Ninjas. We didn't even we didn't really get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit that up for a minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, started investing in 2010 um, in real estate. Um, started self-managing in 2017. I should say my wife started managing our portfolio in 2017. And managing our local stuff without a manager, and she's just really good at it. Uh, My friends were then like, "Skyler, can you help me out? Mm -hmm. I was like, no, but maybe my wife can. Um, I mean, I love real estate. I love property management. Um, It just kind of grew organically. We don't have a website. We don't market. We just give phenomenal service, and I treat – I'm building a company – to take care of my portfolio. So if every c- property isn't taken care of right, then I know my property is not gonna be taken care of right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's enabled us. We went from seven properties in January of uh, 2021. We finished the year out at 45. Uh, we're at 60 as of right now.
1: Nice, that's excellent. Uh, Tremendous
0: growth. So yeah, if, if you, have questions about real estate investing? Hit me up. Um, I love to. I, uh, I gotta. I don't know everything, but I'll, I'll share with you all my bumps and bruises, um, and there's a lot of them.
2: Yeah, for sure. Do you know uh, uh, Sean uh, McDonald? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. Mm-hmm. do you ever go to any of his Pites and Properties events or anything? Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm.
0: We're actually in a, a, a mastermind group. We meet every Monday morning at seven thirty together.
2: Very cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Nice.
0: Can we talk about uh, just kind of business ownership and investing at large? Yeah, talk about whatever, whatever you want. Um, it's on your mind. I don't know. I, I, how many of these listeners are, are thinking about being a business owner? Probably a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you when you started out, and why did you choose that route versus choosing the, the employee route? It was
2: a, the same – The exact same reason you Uh gave. Um, I think that you know I I read the same books. I read all of uh, uh, the Rich Dad books and everything too. But there was a a moment of clarity that hit me when I was a staff sergeant in MARSOC, and I went to the career course, which I had avoided for as long as I possibly could. But eventually, I found myself there, and uh, you know you're you're there with all other staff sergeants from all over the Marine Corps because it's a peer, peer group course and uh, I had a cat sitting behind me that had been in the Marine Corps the same amount of years as me and obviously was the same rank as me and uh, which meant he was getting the same paycheck as me because you're paid by time and grade and your rank. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we'd been at war in two theaters the entire time and this, this dude had never deployed once in his entire time he'd been in the Marine Corps. And Furthermore, he was on the base football team. Um, you know, like he never missed a 96 or a kid's birthday or anything like that. And it really hit me. I'm like, I'm never home, <laughs> ever. Like, I, I rarely would have two weeks of pillow time in my own house in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was providing the same quality of life for my family as this guy was, except I wasn't there for any of it. And so that kind of really hit me like the military pay scale i'm like this this just doesn't add up like Mm -hmm. the amount of effort i have to put in to be a raider the op tempo the schools the the training the deployments all of that for the same paycheck that this other guy has that he never misses anything for like it's not fair to my wife and kid Mm -hmm. to have the same kind of lifestyle that he's providing except they never have me there and they wonder if i'm coming back from half the stuff i go do. even if it's an afternoon jump over at pheasant right like mm-hmm. there's no guarantee you're coming back from that especially jumping around just bite it but
1: especially depending on who the jm is yeah, yeah you know
2: you talked about, we talked about <laughs> water temperatures 51 degrees or 49 what's the cutoff for wind wind speed Ooh. for a round shoot before they cancel jumps i kind of have Eight, it mixed in now because might be of free 15. fall might, might be 15 knots, right? But wind speed was always 14 knots. Like, I'm sure it was always 14 <laughs> always, knots. Always. <laughs> always. It didn't matter, right? Dude, it's never 14 knots on the coast. It's always, like, 30, <laughs> right? But every time we jumped, it was, hey, it's 14. We're good. Everybody uh-huh. getting get the bird, right? Like, I always looked like wily e. Coyote yeah. when I hit the ground. I created my own little mushroom cloud every well, time. Well, also, they're
1: just measuring it on the ground. It's definitely way higher at altitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... So that that kind of planted a seed in the back of my mind. This was years before I decided to get out. Um, mm-hmm. Like this isn't right, you know, and it kind of bothered me. And so when I when I did transition, I didn't transition for those reasons. I, you know, it was a family thing. It was. Uh, you know, I got got back from my what ended up being my final deployment to Afghanistan, and my daughter, who was seven months old when I deployed, was now a little walking, talking person who had no idea who I was, and me and my wife were like that's enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll figure something else out. So when we looked at what's the something else going to be, I had that frame of reference in my mind was I don't want to be that guy that has to give, 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 give. And then the return, it doesn't matter how much you give the returns the same. Yeah. And the only place I found that it wasn't going to be like that was in business where my success is up to how much I want to put into it and how clever I can be. Um, and so that was really appealing to me early on. I mean, there's other avenues, like you guys got into real estate investing and things like that, that just, mm-hmm. at that point in my life, it wasn't really that appealing to me. Um, there was a lot I didn't know, and I didn't really, wasn't interested in learning about it. And um, there was a lot of misunderstandings I had about it at the time. So business was just something that I was kind of drawn to mm-hmm. uh,
0: for, the, for the same reasons you stated. Um, yeah, the, the return on time is something I did. I was like, I'm at 11 years, I could put nine years, nine years more in. I could put, you know, probably on average, sixty hours a week when I'm home. Plus, if you, if you can get it down to that, right? Plus, <laughs> deployments, DFTs, and I'm going to get a a pension that's going to, you know, bring me forty five hundred bucks a month for the rest of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or if you make it to the end of it, right? Or I could build businesses and invest a little bit more aggressively in real estate and build generational wealth with less time put in, um, just the, the return on time. Without it, the DFTs, without
2: the deployments, mm-hmm.
0: be present for your
2: family. Mm-hmm. Like you made a comment earlier. We kind of harassed you a little bit. Hey, we haven't seen you at the VBC in a while. And you're like, yeah, I have a 15-month-old. I'm at home with my kid. You, know? you can make that call. Mm -hmm. whereas when you were in, you didn't get to make that call. It didn't Mm -hmm. matter if you had three 15-month-olds at home. It was, guess what? We need you on base. You're Mm -hmm. going to be working. So, yeah, man, I I get it, and it's the same thing that kind of pushed me in that direction. Um, I don't know if everybody that's transitioning has that that moment where that's something that goes through their mind. I know a lot of the folks I talk to, you know, the, the immediate need that goes through their mind is, man especially if they're not retiring like the three of us didn't retire we just walked away right that's completely different because now you're sitting there going where's healthcare coming from Uh, where's the paycheck coming from where's my what do you mean no housing allowance how's the mortgage getting paid right like Mm -hmm. there's some instant changes that are pretty tough to to get over so I think a lot of folks have to you know that immediate need of cash flow is number one and it really doesn't matter where it comes from at first you just need to
0: satisfy that need before you even think about anything else um Um, to that i'm sure you guys would be open to it if anybody's listening that's that's thinking of getting out in the next year um I i don't know i can leave you my contact info but hit me up and we can get i can get you approved I, for one of my companies on SkillBridge or SoftCare Coalition. That would be excellent. And we can do some, some business mentorship, um, and you don't actually have to crawl under houses um, or manage properties. But, but they should. Exactly.
2: It builds character. character. Yeah. We all love the
0: character-building <laughs> courses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, character. But, yeah, I'd be more than happy to give you a six-month roadmap of us just talking and you, quote, unquote, you know, working for one of my companies, so y- you can have that time and space to, to figure out what you're doing. That's fantastic, man. I'm I'm
2: glad you brought that up. We've got another VBC member that just started doing that. Um, John Panichone with Full of Capital. Okay, has two, uh, uh, one Raider and uh, the other other guy's a uh, Army soft dude. Um, just started a Skills Bridge with him here in Wilmington, and he's also arranged uh, like ride along days. Um, So, like, one of his guys that's on a skills bridge with him could come hang out with you for a day or a week or whatever and just see what a day in the life is like, you know, from somebody that owns a service-based business Mm -hmm. that uh, maybe is considering it or is not, hadn't thought about it. Just another, like you said, another exposure to something different. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's awesome that you're willing to do that. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would, and gals, that would take you up on Mm -hmm.
0: that. I hope so, because I couldn't have done what I did without skill bridge
2: it's just, yeah
0: there's a beautiful are you, are you certified already or registered already as a skills bridge um, I for soft care coalition okay th- that's easier um, I'm not gonna pull the skill bridge card until somebody wants to because it's you can get a one one-off exception pretty quickly um, I don't know if you're aware of the process mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. you can get like a by exception thing done and then if something built I, I'd get it official forever
2: okay um, well, if you're not already, it um, sounds like we should probably have them talk to Lindsay. So she can make So she can make that Absolutely. known uh, with, the, with the cohorts um, that we've got another local option for them yeah. at THF. Did you do THF? I did not. Okay. I, I had too many fires in the... No, I get it. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't exist when I did it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked about that uh, with uh, Lindsay Cashin uh, on her podcast was uh, setting up Skills Bridge and, and that sort of thing. So she'll be thrilled to hear that there's somebody else local here that's willing to do that for for fellows. Yeah, great. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely need to hook that mm-hmm. up. Well, unfortunately, we're about out of time. Um, I'm sure TK is about ready to pull the plug on all of our equipment because we're, <laughs> we're keeping them past quitting time today. Appreciate it, TK. Thanks, buddy. We're good, um, but before we do pull the plug, uh, a couple final things. Uh, we always like to ask every guest, um, you know, do you have any sage advice, words, words of wisdom that you want to just leave on the table for listeners? It can be business ownership, it could be whatever we talked about, uh, during the podcast, or just anything that uh, Skylar feels passionate about.
0: Um, yeah, I got a couple things lay them on us. So, first one. I don't know how sage this is, but most people spend their entire life walking around the pool, dipping their toe in to see what what is the temperature and and thinking about when the perfect time to jump in is. This comes to real estate investing, business ownership, getting out of the Marine Corps. Um, Just jump in and figure it out. Hell yeah. Um,
2: I like that one. I have a business card uh, that I made, like a personal contact card uh-huh. that's not tied to one of my businesses, you know, just like one of those times when you want someone to have your personal email instead of the office, and I had on the back, you got to have something on it, you know, I had on the back, uh, was, it was it was along those lines, it was uh, do what you can with what you have right now mm-hmm. instead of continuously finding reasons to kick the can down the road for a better opportunity or more resources or mm-hmm. something else. But like, just take action, do something right. And the way I always looked at it, like you said, is, uh, at, at the very least, you'll find out that you don't like it and you can cross it off
0: your list. Right. Mm-hmm. You can move on to something else. So that's awesome, man. I like that. Yeah. One. Um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, men establish their, their steps, but, the the Lord really makes things happen, so that got to give everything to God that I have. Um, and then another really, I, I read Proverbs every day. Um, okay. With many advisors, your plans will succeed. So, like, if you're going to do something, reach out to somebody and, and say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing," and get input, um, because you will be successful if you do that. If you try to do everything alone, you know, I, I hired a bunch of people when I started because I knew. I couldn't do it myself. you got to be comfortable delegating things. Um, And then what did you just say about do what you have? Uh, Do what you can with what you have right now. Um, Because at least you'll figure out if you can check it off your list because you don't like it. At the very Mm -hmm. least, you'll decide it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. so I I get goosebumps to this day um, reading this quote. So I, I just hope this sticks with everybody. Everybody's heard it. Uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, it's not the critic who counts. Mm, yeah, oh, um,
1: that's excellent. I'm but, actually going to get that tattooed on me. Yeah. It's going to happen. The artist is hard to reach. Please read. <laughs> we, can go, we can go downstairs right after this. Yeah. Well, I already picked an
0: artist. So oh, okay. okay. They're not downstairs. I was going to say, I can it. write in person. <laughs> can, you can have him do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. No. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and by sweat and by blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, At least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls that know neither victory nor defeat. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, Yeah, guys, just just jump, do it, reach out to a friend, Uh, we're all willing to help you out. Um, Fortune favors the bold, and and just take action. you said a book, too, right? Well, you mentioned traction earlier, right? Yeah. Did you have something else in mind? Yeah, so just kind of thinking of this audience, <clears throat> I'd say the most impactful book for me in the last two years has been Retire Young, Retire Rich by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. I, I definitely like this, the sound of that
2: and what that might imply. So, and I thought I'd read all his books, but he seems to just keep plugging away,
0: he huh? He does. Okay. Um, this is a good one because if you're – If you come from a very humble family, you know, my my dad was a self-employed cabinet maker and my mom was a school teacher in Arizona, so we didn't have a lot. Um, And and monetary things aside, um, the the framework you get when you grow up with parents that are, are employees doesn't help you have the confidence to build a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Robert Kiyosaki in this book talks about c- two things um, mainly content and context. If your context, it, think of context as a you know a, a cup or a bowl. It can only hold so much content, mm-hmm. but if you expand your context, you can hold a lot more content. So do everything you can to expand your context, and the content will come. In this book, retire young, retire rich. I've listened to seven times now, um, because it is, it is that reinforcing mechanism in me that's that's rewiring how I think about things, um, so I can help more people out and, and build generational wealth for my family. Um, and just if you're reading this book and you want to take care of your family now and you know your your kids' kids, read that book and do it. Awesome. Yeah, I
2: thought I'd read everything by him. I, I hadn't even heard of that one yet, so I'll have to check it out. You, seven times, you've got my attention. Yeah. <laughs> if you've read it seven times, you've definitely got my attention. I'm going to I'm gonna take a look at it, and I hope our listeners do as well. Uh, Skyler, it's been awesome having you here today. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know you got the little one at home, but I do hope that we can see you at the VBC every now and again. Um, yeah, I moved to Surf City. Or
0: Hampstead, so I'm, I'm a little closer now. Okay, We'll make awesome. it happen soon. We've got some folks that are working nice. on,
2: uh, on Jacksonville as well. Uh, okay. They had their first meeting last month. Mm-hmm. I think Avery, you went to that, right? I did. I'll say so, I was able to go to it uh, briefly. So, Absolutely. Uh, Trying try to expand out as far as that goes. It was really cool to get to hear uh, about your journey from active duty Raider to uh, Empire Builder here in the Wilmington area in what really amounts to an incredibly short period of time. Uh, when you think about businesses Mm -hmm. and i think what you've done uh with both of your businesses you know we talk to a lot of people on this show but what you've done in the amount of time you've done it is definitely the exception and not the norm uh to go with those types of numbers and that type of growth in such a short period of time so clearly you know what you're doing you've got something figured out Mm -hmm. and anybody who is thinking about doing a skills bridge in this area and heard about this and doesn't take you up on it is crazy uh they absolutely should um it's not every day that you hear about a success story like this and uh to to pass an opportunity to learn from you would be would be straight foolish so i hope that you can get a couple uh jarheads to follow you around the field and uh and and learn how to be successful be good um,
0: i I wear a a war belt when i go into crawl spaces yes (laughs) i got a leg rig not a not a not a a web belt (laughs) <laughs> but uh,
2: final, Avery's <laughs> like, "What?" I, th- I
1: <laughs> thought <laughs> of the image, and I was
2: like, "That's a terrible choice." <laughs> <laughs> Last thing: if anybody uh, is interested in contacting you about a skills bridge, a job opportunity, or they just they want the mold out of the crawl space, man, or they need a property managed, uh, how do they get in touch with with Witt, Crawlspace Space Ninjas, or Cedar Ridge Property Management?
0: Yeah, just uh, I'll give you my personal sell right now. Um, give me a call at 520-236-6596. Um, or shoot me an email at skylarwit at gmail.com. That's a Sierra, Charlie, Hotel, Uniform, Yankee, Lima, Echo, Romeo, Whiskey, India, Tango Tango at gmail.com. Awesome. And I'm sure your business is, well, except Cedar Ridge, you said you do
2: zero marketing. But... Crawlspace Ninjas, I see your signs all over town, so I'm sure you have summons. uh mm-hmm.
0: oh, yeah, you, social media presence, people can find you that way for for that as well, right? Yeah, if you just Google crawlspace ninja.com or just crawlspace ninja, you'll find me if you click on any Wilmington link. Awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your, your
2: journey, your story with us. It was really cool to hear about it. And Yeah, uh, thank you. Best of luck to you,
0: man. Likewise. Cool. Thanks for checking out the VBC Podcast.